Good morning, Rebels. Welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I am so excited you've joined us today, and this is a great, joy-filled, uplifting broadcast. And we need that one this week. Hey, also, first, thanks for sharing the program. Becky Dirksen shared our broadcast with Josh Straub on Facebook, and uh, she had a great wrap-up. I'm going to read it. She says, listen to this episode this morning. Takeaways. One, one of the greatest gifts we can give our kids is being a safe place for them. Children who are secure grow up to be adults who are confident. Two, the quality of our goodbyes directly affects the quality of our hellos. Grieve well. And three, say sorry often and reinforce specific strengths we see in our kids. Loving ourselves well is the first step in loving others well. Thank you, Laura Dobson and Kristen. Uh, What an awesome resource. We'll spread the word. Thank you, Becky Dirksen. We appreciate you. We appreciate you spreading the word because it does grow the broadcast, and we appreciate that. If you're not signed up for the newsletter, you can do so easily right now. You're on your phone anyway. Text the word REBEL to 444-999. Again, 444-999. The reason I'm sharing today's broadcast with you is because I was looking at the news this week, looking at the dam in California with cracks in it. I went to my news site that I check often, and just got blasted by the negativity. I mean, it was just screaming and yelling and anger and vitriol and spewing and hate and all this stuff. And I said, we've got to stop this. And speaking of Josh Drop's program in Safe House, kids can't take it. Listen, people, kids can't take this. I remember in 1983 when the movie The Day After came out and how afraid all my friends were about the quote unquote Russians who were out to get us. And we shouldn't have watched it then. There was, there were the counselors came to our school and talked about him. There was so much in the news about don't show your kids this. You got to turn the news off in your home if your kids are around. If the newscasters, which they're all saying, you know, that Trump, Donald Trump, the new president, is out to get the Muslims and he's out to get Latinos and and he's kicking everybody out and he's going after the blacks. If you fall into one of those categories, or if your kids know people that fall into those categories, they can't process that information very well, and it's going to affect them negatively. We need to be a force for good and positivity in our homes, and today is going to be a great broadcast for that. To start it off, let me read this to you, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is good... Whatever is true, excuse me, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That is what we need to be for our kids today and every day. Our broadcast today is with Christopher Marshall. He is with kids around the world. They are bringing joy, nourishment, and Jesus into the most unlikely of places. They've built 17 playgrounds in North Korea. In North Korea, they've done that. These kids have never had a playground, a swing set, a slide, a teeter-totter, any of these things, and they are getting them now. They are feeding children, and they're teaching them about Jesus. I can't wait for you to meet Chris Marshall. They also do family mission trips to give your kids a new perspective on what's going on around them. So without any further ado, please enjoy this broadcast with our friend, Chris Marshall. Chris Marshall, kids around the world, you came all the way in from, oh, I'm so sad to say this, San Clemente, where I lived before I came to the land of cold. (laughs) 
Thanks for coming here today, I appreciate it. No, happy to be here. We've known you guys for a long time. My wife, Laura, who's not here because she's with our kids. Uh, this is after hours. Um, where did you guys meet? Did you meet in YWAM? Uh, we met in Maui in YWAM, yeah. Yeah. I was doing some different trainings for YWAM, and, and, and actually Laura ended up living with my wife for a little while. Oh, yeah. Katie. Oh, yeah. yeah, in a shack on the beach. It's tough life. Oh, it was tough. Yeah, she is missing that shack right now. Uh, it, I mean, it's warmer today. It's 50, what is it, 56. It was 20 a couple of days ago. That's no bueno, no good. Kids around the world. Mm-hmm. You're building playgrounds in impoverished areas all around the world uh, and then pouring into those local communities. Chris, when I first heard about kids around the world, you're building playgrounds, I thought was playgrounds. Really? Like there's so many things that people need and getting to know you and then realizing so many of these areas, they lack joy. Mm -hmm. They lack fun. I mean, when you live in essentially dirt, there aren't playgrounds, and when you guys come in as an organization from the United States and as believers, there's this beacon in a community, and it's known, oh, the Christians put that mm-hmm. in there. That's it, that's a really interesting way to approach the gospel. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of fascinated by mm-hmm. it. It does so much good. It brings so much joy and happiness, and then people go, why? Why do you bring so much joy and happiness? Exactly. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. How long have you been with, with kids around the world? Yeah, it's my 12th year. Mm. And uh, I have to say, I pinch myself every time I see how a playground works. Um, I think early on, I thought, really, how in the world does a playground impact communities? Yeah. Um, but really, since day one, um, in 1994 in Bravra, Ukraine, the, pl- the playground that we built there has transformed this community. And Whoa. so it speaks to a lot of things. Um, I think one of the things that I've been learning more recently is part of being a human, part of, part of just knowing um, that God loves you is, is being able to dream. And in these countries that we work at, these children that are there, a lot of them, and we work in the Middle East, we work in North Korea, we work in a, a lot of these places. Even North Korea? Yeah. Wow, that is very interesting. Mm-hmm. It's about yeah. dreaming. You know, I think as a child, when we grow up, we have so many opportunities here mm. for our future. You know, a child, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a doctor, I want to be a dentist. And what inspires them to be these things? It's mm. it's safety, it's security, it's loving family. And it's their environment uh, that allows for dreaming to happen. But if you think about a Syrian refugee child, that has just fled from ISIS or from the war in Aleppo, they they aren't dreaming. No. They're just hoping that they survive till tomorrow. They're, they're, it's a very fatalistic type of approach for their family because really all they're looking at is survival. And when you bring in um, you know ideas and vocational training and different things, it's hard for them to say, gosh, okay, so if I mm. train to be a dentist or a doctor, is there gonna, really gonna be a hospital tomorrow? Sure. You know, I think about our US prison system. This is an interesting one. There is a huge barbering program all throughout the prison systems. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem with it is if you are a felon, you can't get a barbering license. Mm -hmm. And so they train people throughout their prison sentence for a job they can never actually obtain. And it it hurts. It kills your soul on the inside. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's, and I believe you're absolutely right. And that's part of the kind of the restorative work that we do is Mm -hmm. allowing a child to dream to feel special, to feel loved, to know that God loves them. I mean, when you think about a refugee camp where we're building these playgrounds and you put a playground in the middle of it, 
it's bizarre and by every yeah. stretch of the imagination it's like some kids will say it's disneyland in our backyard and it truly is but it inspires them is it, it gives just them hope. overrun instantly with kids oh, yeah. is it just like oh yeah lots wow. of times you can't even see it because there's so many kids and i remember one time we were in malawi we we're building this playground this community and really fantastic project as part of a community development project we built a playground did a dedication the next day we came back to just to say hi and see how it was going and the community's leader said hey we need to meet with you we've got a problem uh, there's so many kids on this last night they were playing till midnight and the noise was keeping our whole neighborhood up at night <laughs> thought yes we did our job that's right you're like give it give it some time it'll, that's right it'll, it'll calm down after a while that's and right. that's it. honestly we live here in america it's pretty foreign mm -hmm. i mean if they built a new playground in my neighborhood, my kids wouldn't stay there till midnight. Right. You know, it's, and it's, are they spoiled? Yeah, compared to the refugees from the war in Aleppo? Yeah, my kids are super spoiled. Mm -hmm. um, what's the result when kids start playing? What are you seeing in those camps? I mean, we have friends, our friends, Victor Marks, he's up in Northern Iraq regularly working with mm -hmm. refugees rescued from ISIS. Mm -hmm. um, how do you see them changing? So many of these kids are shell-shocked and they're uncommunicative and they've seen things that we can't even imagine. We can't imagine adults seeing it, let mm -hmm. alone kids my own age seeing mm -hmm. it. What, yeah. What's the change in them when... You're, you're right. Um, I'll tell you a story. We did a project in Lebanon in a camp and there was a boy that was super aggressive. Uh, we heard his story. He had been abused by his parents. He had seen uh, some of his siblings die mm. from ISIS. Um, he had been trucked over to Lebanon. He was now just 11 years old, just trying to figure out life. And we had uh, built a playground and worked with him in a, a weekly discipleship program just to show him love and care. And this boy, when he first came in, was angry. He was, he was uncontrollable. He had ADHD. He had rants that he would just go off on. And you really couldn't speak to him. And every time you talked to him, it looked like no one was there. And after six months of him being introduced to the gospel, to play to a loving community, his heart was slower. It was kinder. He mm. he started to, mm. he was learning how to share and to be a leader and to be valuable. And, you know, I think one of the things that we just teach, that, that this teaches kids is that you are special, that yeah. you are loved. This playground, this is odd. And it's not everywhere in Lebanon, but it's in your community. And you aren't a Lebanese in Lebanon. You're a Syrian. You're an outcast. Yet this playground was built for you. And showing that the heart of God has really helped calm these children down. Mm. And so we actually have a program that we go alongside of our playground called Play Therapy. Just working through some of the, the issues that these children have, trauma issues through play. Uh, it's been known that play allows, um, it, it allows children to have calmer countenances, allows them to problem solve, it allows them to have bigger social, better social skills, mm. be able to share and and uh, explore and be creative and all of those things build into a child because at wow. the end of the, of, of the day, children are made to play. Yeah. And when they aren't allowed to do that, they form different habits that can be really destructive. So. Oh yeah. I was watching a uh, documentary um, on Kendrick Lamar, who's a, uh, a rapper from Compton and they were talking about the drug abuse and the drug usage in those areas. And it was interesting listening to a psychologist say, it's not really to get high. It's that everywhere you look, someone died. And it's the escapism mm -hmm. that's going on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, listen, I come from a long line of conservatives. And 
we are on the conservative side of politics most of the time, but I hear I hear the dogma of the conservatives saying, you know, it's the American dream. You can pull yourself up by your bootstraps and there's an opportunity for everyone. And I think, you know, um, when everywhere you look, somebody died. So many of these kids live in homes where someone died in their home. Mm -hmm. Straight bullet, you know, drive-bys, all these things that are going on. Those kids aren't waking up going, you know what, today I'm gonna watch a TED Talk because Mm -hmm. it's gonna make me a better person. It's gonna make me think about new things and it's gonna give me an opportunity I don't see right now. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow I'm gonna read Seneca because um, the Stoic philosophers really have Mm -hmm. an interesting (laughs) view on life and that's good. Those thoughts don't exist. Mm -hmm. And the kids that you're dealing with, again, those thoughts don't exist. Mm -hmm. But through this play therapy, they're they're becoming vulnerable, they're becoming open, Mm -hmm. they're becoming tender, so that their brains do slow down to ponder. Mm To Absolutely. have a thought about the future. Mm-hmm. I, I tell you where else I've seen it too. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness gracious, I'm gonna get flack for this one. Uh, illegal immigrants in America. Um, I'm just gonna get nailed on this. <laughs> we had a nanny who um, came to America with a one and two year old, all three illegal. She had a baby in America, and I, I don't. I keep hearing this is a derogatory term, but that made her legal. She has an anchor baby. Mm-hmm. She's now married. She's a U.S. citizen, has always paid taxes, but she's got two kids that aren't legal U.S. citizens. They came here at one and two. They're also not Mexican citizens. They don't speak Mexican Spanish anymore, and they don't have a future. And I watched one of them join the DREAM Act, which, again, I hear the politicians like, you know, all you gotta do is join the military and you can be a US citizen. You got an 18 year old little girl Mm -hmm. who's as beautiful as she can be, a tender hearted girl that has to join the military or forever be illegal or move back to a country she doesn't belong to anymore. Mm -hmm. She took the path of military. She's doing fantastic. Her brother didn't. Her brother got into gangs, he got into drugs. I gotta be honest, I don't really blame him. Mm-hmm. He has no future mm-hmm. here. And so when the debate is going on so strongly right now, I think we should have the wall, if you want me to say that. I think we should have a regulation on immigration, but we should let people in. You just have to do checks and balances, but when you do, when people come in, you can't just abandon them like that. Mm-hmm. You gotta give kids a future. I've totally. been, I mean, I've been to Africa and seen you know, the soccer ball that's been flat for 15 years and those kids couldn't care less or playing anyway. You know, seeing kids stuff a soccer ball full of rags and duct tape it up and... Totally. Play is a big deal. And, uh, I mean, we've been in Kyrgyzstan. I remember seeing, like, goat stomachs blown up and tied together and used for balls. And, you know, kids just gravitate towards play. And so uh, we agree with the UN. A child has a right to play. And it doesn't matter who they are. So we want to promote that. Oh, definitely go with you on that. How many countries have you guys been to? We've worked in 80 countries. Uh, what? Not a lot off limits there. Yeah, a lot of crazy 80 countries. 80 countries? Yeah. How many playgrounds? Uh, we're at, I believe, right around 600. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, it's unique about that. I'll tell you a quick story. We used to build brand new playgrounds, really high quality U.S. US uh, made playgrounds, brand new. But we started to use recycled playgrounds recently. Fascinating. We take playgrounds out of the ground of the United States. We refurbish them in our warehouses. Because we throw them away all the time? Totally. Wait, you mean we waste playgrounds? <laughs> Shocking. Absolutely, yeah. We take those things. We refurbish them in our warehouse in Rockford, Illinois. 
We use so awesome. I talked to an insurance adjuster today. All my listeners know we had a sixty foot tree blow down next to our studio, (laughs) and another tree blow down. All over here are trees that have been cut up, and they're waiting for the trash people to take them away. I have three cords of wood that I got for free. Yeah, and I just keep driving to people's houses, going, "Do you know you want me to take your logs away?" And they go, "Really? Sure." Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of waste in the States. Sorry, I'm not going to harp on the waste. <laughs> I love that you do that, though, because really cool. otherwise it would go into a chipper. It would go into, you know, I mean, maybe you just didn't do a dump. Landfill. Landfill. Yeah. Instead of filling up landfills, you're refurbishing and recycling them. Yeah, and listen to how we do it. It's really unique. We have a warehouse, and every day we have different reformers groups and special needs groups come in and help do our packing list, help paint the playground, help us prepare them for our shipments, Whoa. and load our containers every day. It's really fascinating. I'm really proud of organization for using uh, these great people. And uh, we're training them in how to weld, how to paint, oh, yeah. how to use forklifts, job skills. I took welding at a JC here in town. There you go. You can help I'd us. Come help grounds. out. There you go. We'd love this to have weld you. by Ryan Hobson. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be an ugly weld, I think. I'm not stacking dimes very well. Usually, yet. we're putting those welds on the concrete, so it's not a big deal. That's but, right. Uh, it's really a neat thing. So wow. we do recycle playgrounds. It's been fascinating for us. So, how do you find playgrounds that don't get it torn down? I mean, is it just a? Is there word a, of mouth? Okay. Word of mouth. We have tons of relationships in the Midwest uh, with park districts. Yeah, um, and they just call us every year by the with the playgrounds that they're replacing. And, and did they pull them out, or do you have teams that come in and do it? We have teams that come and do it. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's ingenious. <laughs> I love these ideas. Way yeah. to think outside the box. Instead of spending brand new money on brand new things, yeah. you get the recycled ones, and they're going all over the place. Absolutely. And we feel like we're doing a, a great service to these communities. But yeah. also, these playgrounds have a ton of life left in them. For sure. For children. And our playgrounds are still up, all of them. And it's fascinating. And it's just fun. It's what we believe is that the playground had a legacy in the community that was in. Yeah. And it's carrying on that legacy to an international community. Mm. And families in our community in the States were playing on this playground and creating community and loving each other and learning about each other. It's having the same place in Israel and Lebanon and Iraq and Cuba and wow. all these places. So You've built in Cuba. Yeah. Lots in Cuba. Really? Yeah. Oh my fun. goodness. Yeah. It's, oh, it's just fascinating. Yeah. You've taken your family on some of the trips with you. Mm-hmm. We're a believer in taking families on mission trips. Uh, we've had Dan Miller on the program. I've just become acquainted with his son, Kevin. They work in Zuni in uh, New Mexico. Um, wow. Mm-hmm. The reservation situation in America is shocking. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to get down there next month with them. Lucy's five, Lincoln's 10. It'll be their first mission trip. Uh we grew up in America. I mean, you've been in San Clemente. I lived in San Clemente. It's it's amazing. I'd love to be back there. And it's very, very wealthy. And so you lose perspective. What have you seen in your kids as you've taken them to impoverished places? And I tell you what I think about. Victor Marks has this thing called the Lion and Lamb Project. And it's little stuffed animals that play soft lullaby music. And then it recites scripture in native tongues. So it is mm-hmm. Kurdish and all kinds of different things. They bring them to refugee kids. Mm-hmm. And I was borrowing Lucy and Lincoln's stuffed animals uh, to give to my dad so he could take photos with them and we could promote this. And I forgot to get it from him one night and Lucy was freaking out. And and I said, Jim Pa needs to borrow your stuffed animals. And she was like, she couldn't figure out why. And I said, Lucy, there are some kids that have no toys. Mm -hmm. And Jim Pa's helping them get their very first toy. She lost her mind. She couldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Just no concept of a kid that literally has no toys. Like this is their only thing. Mm Mm-hmm. How do you see the impact of your kids? Uh, are they sad? 
you know, what's, give us their ages and mm -hmm. kind of some of the responses and reactions you've seen. Yeah, I have four kids. I have a 14-year-old now and uh, a 12-year-old, an 8-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And uh, for the last seven or eight years, uh, we've been taking our kids all over the world. I mean, you name it, we've been there. South Africa, Zimbabwe, mm. Turkey, El Salvador, dangerous places, safe places. And for our family, you know, we're probably a little bit more radical than most, but we really believe that uh, serving is something that it's not just you know, an option. It's something that we need to do and we have to do and we're commissioned yeah. to do. And mm -hmm. so we've been trying to kind of create a network of families within our communities and around the country that tie their vacation. Ooh. Yeah. And we take our vacation and we use it to serve others and we spend real money to and so serve others. And so other families can come with you too. Absolutely. We've Ooh. taken hundreds of families over the years to these places to serve mm -hmm. others. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to build a culture of this is what we do every year. We mm -hmm. spend our money to serve others. And our, our context as we're in these communities is God created us the same way he created them. We aren't better than them. We're going to co-learn. Uh, we're going to learn about them. They're going to learn about us. Yeah. We're not going to judge them. They're not going to judge us. And we're going to serve them however we can and learn and just let them know that by us being there, we aren't any better, but we love them. And yeah. uh, that's been a huge thing. And it's been fun for my kids. My kids, uh, we've put them in a Spanish immersion program, so they speak Spanish and so it's been fun to see these blonde kids being able you to You do have up. the blondest family in America. I think so. For sure. <laughs> it's that of the most attractive family in America. Yeah, I don't know about that, but blonde yeah. for sure. And, mm -hmm. you know, for us, it's, I would just love it when my kids are able to sit next to a, a, a child in El Salvador and just have a conversation with them and have yeah. fun with them. And at the end of the day, my kids at this point really don't know any different. They they mm. look at them and they say, well, well, they're a family. We're a family. What's the difference? Yeah. You know, every once in a while we'll go into people's home. We're big into going into people's homes and praying for them and encouraging them and sharing our life with them. And sure. yes, there's poverty. Oh, there's chickens in the kitchen or there's dogs that look not so friendly outside or all these different things. But for them, they just know what we're trying to teach them is that God created them just like he created us mm -hmm. and uh, loves them just like he loves us. And we need to serve others. And this is part of it. Uh, hopefully, though, I, I hope we're teaching our kids that we can do that also just in our neighborhood, yep. in our own community, mm -hmm. and uh, that we shouldn't shouldn't neglect our own as well. But yeah. uh, for us, I feel really empowered with our organization as we work with kids. It's, hey, kids, let's go overseas and serve kids and love them and share Christ with them. And we've been able to do that for the last seven or eight years. And it's been a stretch. It's been really hard sometimes yeah. flying on 25-hour flights with a two-year-old to Africa oh, for six weeks. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but the benefits, I believe, is a, a different kind of minded mm -hmm. uh, adult when they become adults that really loves and cares for others and really has God's heart for people. So it's our goal. Oh, Chris, I love it. Thanks yeah. for coming here. Thanks for stopping by. I know you're busy on this trip, but we appreciate it. Yeah. I'm going to give you. all of our listeners a way to contact you if they want to go on a, a mission trip with their family, if they want to learn how to love in a new way in a foreign country. We'd love to get them hooked up with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good to see you. Anytime. <laughs> Oh, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. It just, I mean, it brought tears to my eyes because of just thinking about kids that have never played before, kids that have been ripped from their homes, that have literally barely the clothes on their backs. They're building these playgrounds in refugee camps where these kids need hope. They need joy. They need to laugh. They need smiles. All kids need that. Every kid born 
needs to experience joy. They need to experience love and acceptance. And having these teams of people fly around the world and build playgrounds in these impoverished areas shows them someone out there cares about them. And that also points to Jesus. What an amazing organization. Find out more about Chris Marshall and kids around the world by heading to rebelparenting.org. Click on the program. There'll be links to kids around the world in the show notes and the resources we provide. Today's program is inspired by, it's not sponsored because we're not getting anything out of this, but we want to share with you Pilgrim's Progress. This is one of the most timeless classics in all of Christendom. Pilgrim's Progress is just a phenomenal piece of literature. If you've not read this, if you haven't read it to your kids, if your kids haven't read it, guess what? It's coming to CGI animation. There was an original animation done in the 70s. It's very quaint, but it was the 70s. This animation will blow you away. Head to all of our social media pages. You can go to facebook.com slash Dobson or... Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, either at Rebel Parenting or at James Ryan Dobson. We have a link to their Kickstarter program. They're going to send a copy to you in April for 20 bucks. The entire CGI animation of Pilgrim's Progress for your family. What an amazing resource. God bless. Thank you for listening. Join us Monday morning for a wrap-up of this broadcast. Any questions you had, anything you want to talk about or discuss, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern, Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Dobson. I'll be there. Laura might be there as well, but we'll answer some questions, wrap up this broadcast. God bless. We'll see you next week.